Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Michael and Chauncey Show. Good evening and welcome to the Michael and Chauncey Show. I'm your host, Chauncey Brown. My co-host, Michael Bloomling Jr., is running for Congress in Florida, 21st District. He is out campaigning today, so I'll be your host for the evening. I'd like to take this opportunity to thank all of our listeners for their support and their comments about our show, as well as our prior guests. If you would like to follow the Michael and Chauncey Show, you can join us uh, at Facebook at the Michael and Chauncey Show or on Twitter at Liberty, the number two, Day USA. Also, if you'd like to follow me on Twitter, uh, I'm Chauncey I Brown Third at Right Talk Host. At at Mike at Right Talk Radio Host, uh, as well as on Twitter, you can reach me at Right Talk Radio Host on Facebook. We are at the Michael and Chauncey Show want to be and is a pathway of conservative information in order to educate the American people while protecting and preserving the freedoms and liberty and justice of the Constitution of the United States of America. I am honored and we are honored uh, to have this show to bring you groundbreaking news of candidates running across the country for Congress and for U.S. Senate. We would like to expand our reach by doing more marketing and advertising to get the message out and to be able to have more guests on our show. We would appreciate if you can donate to us at Patreon to the Michael and Chauncey Show, and that will help us uh, to expand our reach, marketing efforts, and to continue to promote conservative news that helps to protect and preserve our freedom liberties, and justice of the Constitution of the United States. We have two great guests coming on uh, later on today. One is a former military veteran, uh, but they're both candidates running for Congress on the Republican side. Our country, uh, as you know, has taken a turn for the best since Donald Trump has gotten into office in 2016. Our country has seen the lowest unemployment rate, stock market breaking records, lowest labor protection rate. Donald Trump's administration created the first first step act to remove Uh, the harmful Crime Bill of 1994 put in place and signed by Bill Clinton. Our borders are more secured. Paychecks are rising. And people are finally starting to believe in America today. 
our two guests that we will be having on later on. One is Des Mays, running for U.S. Congress in Texas District 24, and Steve Reeder, running for Congress in Iowa District 4. As we are waiting to come into the studio, as we know, the 2020 elections are upon us. Everything is heating up. As we look to the left, we can see the Democrats are in chaos from the Iowa votes that were improperly, uh, or it took them a long time to count to looking at the Democratic candidates and looking at that there's real no or there's no real policy agenda to move this country forward. Um, And thank God we have Donald Trump in office and thank God we have a movement of public servants across this country that want to protect our Constitution, our way of life, and preserve the liberties and freedoms that we have in this country. My first guest tonight, Desi Mays, proud to thank him for his dedicated service in the military, and now this man wants to step up again for his country and for the people of Texas by running for Congress. It is my honor and pleasure to welcome Mr. Desi Mays to the studio. Welcome, sir. Hi, welcome. Hi, thank you. And thank you, Michael and Chauncey, for having me on tonight. Uh, I I didn't uh, know if you heard me earlier. I don't think uh, you were in the studio. Unfortunately, um, I'm going to uh, do the show tonight. Michael is running, as you know, for Congress in Florida 21st District, and he's at it. He's at an event tonight, so I have the honor and pleasure of uh, doing the show with you. Um, You have a very impressive resume, Des, as I looked at your website. Uh, You are an American patriot, military veteran, conservative, and you want to continue to fight for the rights and liberties that come under the Constitution to protect and preserve our nation or our republic. And I want to personally say, on behalf of Michael Thank you for your service, and thank you again for wanting to stand up to protect the American people. Um, Please introduce yourself uh, to our audience, and uh, I gave them a little background. You can expound on that a little bit, and then we can get into some of the issues that you care about that will affect Texas and some of the issues that uh, you'd like to move forward or support President Trump on as it relates to the nation. Oh, sure. Uh you know, thank you, Chauncey, once again. And uh, I'm a, you know, first and foremost, I'm a, I'm a family man. And I'm a businessman. You know, and as you said, I'm a retired military veteran, uh, Green Beret, Ranger, Infantry Commander, who after retirement I went on to uh, serve as, as an executive for two Fortune 500 companies and uh, subsequently uh, moved on and opened up uh, small businesses here in North Texas. And uh, I jumped into this race because I am... Uh, like many of you out there and most Americans, I'm sick and tired of career politicians and uh, uh, and even those local politicians jumping in just to continue uh, serving as politicians and not really getting anything done and, and just making money off the backs of the taxpayers, uh, which is not good for this country, you know. And uh, 
I'm a strong believer in the America First agenda. I support uh, 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 pro-life 100%, as well as uh, Second Amendment, and I'm fully for building a wall and making sure our immigration processes are uh, loopholes are closed. So, uh, and that's kind of me in my a nutshell. I uh, was born here in the United States. I'm a Hispanic, uh, so everybody knows. Uh, but my family settled here back in 1800, and uh, they did it the right way. And and I'm come from a hardworking family, uh, raised in the back of a, a camper pickup truck on a construction site uh, back in the 70s, uh, living there and working uh, with my father. So I grew up from nothing and a strong conservative. I worked hard to get where I'm at, and now I've been successful, and now it's time for me to jump into the race and uh, represent us and put service back into public service the way it should be. Uh, thank you uh, so much again, and thank you for sharing with us your humble beginnings. And thank you for bringing jobs to the state of Texas, as well as, you know, a committed patriot that wants to stand up now and represent not only Texas, um, but the people of the country of America by running for Congress. Uh, Des, um, share with me, I mean, you know, we know that one of the main issues in Texas uh, on a national framework is border security, the border wall the infiltration of uh, illegal migrants, uh, drugs. Um, can you share with us about some of those challenges you have in Texas? Well, we have, you know, as you know, you just mentioned some, we have uh, drug car- cartels uh, that uh, u- utilize uh, young people, uh, older people and stuff to get their drugs across. We have coyotes making money to smuggle uh, the the obvious or uh, uh, the poor, the poorer people across the border, taking money from them and putting them in danger. Uh, and then we also have those just uh, criminals uh, factions that just try to make it to come over into Texas and uh, either try to work or commit crimes or uh, just come here and just not really contribute, uh, more or less take opportunities away from Americans. So my view on that is we, number one, we have to secure the border, and me. Uh, my personal view is we have to continue to build a wall. Uh, we have to make sure that we uh, – the second thing, we have to make sure we close the loopholes in our legislation that we have in Congress uh, that uh, Congress fails to pass every time because it seems to me that like both uh, career politicians on both sides use that as a, as a, as a, uh, uh, as a, as a voting tool for the people, you know, and, which is not good for us. Uh, we need to make sure that we close the loopholes. And one of the first things when I get into Congress is introduce legislation to close the loopholes in our immigration process. And then, and then the third thing is, I know we got DACA. I know we have a lot of illegal, illegal alien, uh, uh, immigrants here in the United States. But you know, as a Republican, as my, as the values that I hold, we cannot allow them to just stay and have a pathway to legalization or citizenship. We have to make them go back, do a touchback process, and then come back and get in line and come back in some way. Now, one of the key problems I see in our immigration process is it takes 10 years almost for anybody to apply for citizenship outside the United States and then to, to become a citizen. You know, with the bureaucracy in the government right now, why can't we limit that to two to three years? Because I think that would even re- reduce the need for a lot of illegals to say, hey, I'm just going to sneak across because I don't want to wait 10 years, but I can wait two or three because we as legislators have streamlined the process and served up the bureaucracy. I think that would be 
uh, one of the pushes that I would recommend in Congress. You know, you hit the nail on the head. You know, uh, the border wall is is important, securing our borders. Illegal immigration is undermining the prosperity for Americans and taking away from the resources of Americans as well as the people that came here illegally. And we must yes, exactly. continue to fight yeah, for that uh, because it's undermining our, our, our the people that live here, the Americans, the veterans, the homeless, uh, the blacks, the minorities in urban centers. It's taking away these sanctuary cities. Uh, are there any sanctuary cities in, in Texas? Uh, yes, there is. It's it's not in my district, uh, but uh, in in Texas there are some that have popped up. Yes, that's a shame. And and, and, I, and, it, and it is a shame because our state capital, for one, our state capitals mm-hmm. for one, that uh, is really disturbing because you know we have a Republican uh, House, Republican Senate. Uh, and a Republican governor right there in our ha- in our capital, and it seems like that that whole city has gone south, which is very disturbing. I, mean, I used to live in Austin, and uh, you know I hate to say it, but I I moved up to Dallas, uh, to more conservative area. Mm-hmm. Frustrating to see, you know. What are some of the issues that uh, are directly impacting your district that you'd like to address? Well, I said, well, I discussed the first one, right? Illegal immigration, because uh, we see it here. You know, I have a construction business, and you know, I have a lot of uh, trades that come to me and want to work, and I always ask them for their social security card ID when they don't have it. Yeah, I got to turn them away because yeah. you know, you're right. It does it does take away opportunities from other people, and it drives down costs. You know, for businesses, it drives down costs for 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 uh, the employees that want to really work in in specific trades. And the second thing is our infrastructure up here. Uh, we've got a lot of, we have a lot of, uh, of growth uh, from California and, uh, uh, and, the, and the East Coast and all over the place coming to Texas because, you know, Texas is, a, is an opportunity, uh, opportunity state where we have a lot of growth, we have a lot of opportunity, uh, and we, we also uh, uh, have the need for more infrastructure. And I'd like to see that we make sure that Infrastructure builds a path, and when we get grants to the local community, that they're not tied to a lot of bureaucracy. To where instead of costing three million dollars, it ends up costing ten million dollars because we have to deal with the bureaucracy and the the usage of specific engineers and uh, design and so forth. Uh, the third thing would be balancing our budget and our debt. Now, I would be one of the first ones uh, going in to introduce our uh, a balanced budget amendment, or not amendment, but a legislation. Uh, because our debt is uh, killing us. We've got $23 trillion in debt, uh, and it just doesn't seem like the career politicians get it right. I mean, they, they say they, they're they going to, but this last uh, $1.48 trillion budget they passed this last time creates over five, almost $500 billion over the next 10 years of additional debt. And what, why are we doing that? You know, uh, within that budget that they just passed, we have $308 million going towards EPA regulations, uh, which would impact small businesses in, in my district. And I want to make sure we, we start looking at that and stop those uh, uh, regulations. Uh, we have $425 million in this last uh, budget that goes towards election uh, uh, election fraud and election uh, polling and uh, observations, et cetera, that even the experts and the Democrats as well as the public, they won't, won't work. It won't even help this, this cycle. So 
why put it in there? Why spend that money? You know, so those are the important things that I see in my district that we need to look at because not only is our budget uh, an issue for us and uh, could uh, make the economy go down here in my district as well as nationally, it is also a national security threat. You know, it's, it's a burden on our future generations. Uh, me as a military guy know that, you know, if we can't fund the government because we have to fund other things because we're broke, we're not going to be able to protect ourselves. And then we'll be holding to China, we'll be holding to other countries in debt that we have to do something now. And balancing the budget, eliminating costs throughout the government. I'm a business guy too. And when I go into my business, I run my business, I look at spans and layers. I look at opportunities where we can cut costs. Why isn't the government doing that? You know, so those are the important things that I'd like to drive in my district and, and when I get to Congress. Well stated. For those that are just tuning in, this is the Michael and Chauncey show. Um, the host tonight, Chauncey Brown. Michael is running, my co-host is running for Congress in the 21st District in Florida. He's unable to be here. We want to thank all our listeners for tuning in. Uh, on the national level, there's other issues. Uh, we talk about infrastructure and not organizational infrastructure, but we're talking about roads and bridges uh, that Donald Trump has been trying to push through an infrastructure spending bill that we see that there is a Congress that has opposed just about everything that he puts uh, through until the last minute. Um, infrastructure, prescription drug costs is extremely high. Uh, education is higher. Edu- the national education budget is higher than the military budget. Um, there are a lot of issues on the national level. Uh, what are some of the issues, and what do you think about not only some of the ones that I've mentioned, but you know maybe some of the issues that you care about you'd like to share with us? Well, one of the things you mentioned education, right? That budget is is high, you know, and I don't really understand why we even have a Department of Education. I I firmly believe the education choice should be in the hands of the people and the local governments and the families here in the districts. I'm a firm believer in, in, in uh, school choice. I think if we eliminate the Department of Education and uh, allocate some of that money to the state, uh, I think we'd be better off. Because, uh, one, we'd cut a lot of costs up in D.C., and uh, we'd streamline it for the local uh, families, for them to make choices for their kids. Uh, so I'm, I'm a firm believer in that. And uh, as far as infrastructure, you're right. The whole nation needs infrastructure. And it's too bad that it has nothing passed. I mean, the Democrats are pushing it before Trump got in there big time and then they're holding it hostage now uh, why can't we come together and work on that I mean we complain about it all the time but I just don't understand why career politicians just continue to try to just you know uh, run through party lines and not work together Uh, I've been to numerous countries around the world uh, and if those of you that haven't that are listening when I walked uh, I'm not going to say the country because I don't want to offend anybody but when I'm walking down the street in some of these, these countries it looks like they used to have nice sidewalks, they used to have nice roads, they used to have nice buildings, but they let it, they let socialism take over. And now when you're walking down the streets, you have, you, it stinks, sidewalks are falling apart, the people are in, uh, the people are very, very poor, and it's a shame. We do not need to go down that path. And it all starts with us making sure we have the, the money to be able to take care of ourselves, we reduce the government spending. We, we reduce taxes so it drives our economic uh, economic revenue uh, to grow, 
And although some say that doesn't work, it does work. From a business perspective, whenever you reduce costs, you gain revenue, you gain, you gain enough money to put elsewhere. Uh, we just got to, at the, at the national level, we just make sure we know how to balance it, we know how to use it, and we make sure we run it similar to a business, you know. So, uh, so those, are, those are some of the top things I could talk about today. I think that you hit the nail on the head. Being a retired military officer, what do you think of our current state of our military as well as what role do you think our military should play today? Well, I mean, the current st- – I mean – uh, our President Trump has done a fantastic job in giving uh, and funding the military okay. to what they need because uh, we definitely need a lot of more technology because uh, that's going to help us drive and be dominant in the, in, uh, going into the future. The new Space Force that he's allowed, it's very vital that we have that. And uh, so right now I think the current state of the military is great. Now, uh, from, a, uh, from a perspective of what should we be doing – I don't firmly believe that we should be policing uh, and trying to build uh, a nation-building military, uh, specifically in the Middle East. I've been there numerous times. Uh, I agree with Trump. We need to step to stop it, stop expending blood and gold uh, for something for for land that's not that's no not worth us going into. Uh, In the Middle East, uh, I was with the Kurds uh, back in the 90s when Trump uh, announced he was going to pull out of there. Uh, the Democrats, some Republicans, and so forth, were up in an uproar saying, oh, we're abandoning our, our allies. But I can tell you, the Kurds are well-equipped and well-trained to take care of themselves. I've trained them. And look now, have we heard anything? Have they been abused? Have they been attacked? No. Uh, we need to get out of that nation building. We need to start uh, bringing our soldiers home and trying to let them, uh, other other nations, try to work it out. And then but if they can't, we need to get NATO involved more. I mean, I remember working on NATO forces, and uh, we always we supplied the bullets and the beans. Uh, why should Americans be paid for that? Uh, they should be, you know, funding themselves, or contributing more to NATO, helping assist. You know, everybody depends on Americans, and it's our blood and it's our gold that goes to waste. You being a business owner, Donald Trump, with his initiatives of lowering regulations. And infusing uh, money into urban centers has helped to spur a lot of business development and growth. Being a business person, is there anything else that you would do or recommend that how we can continue with helping small businesses as well as, as you said, trying to bring more technology and, and more things um, to bring in more revenue for our country, et cetera? I, I would say first and foremost is taxes, right? Reducing the corporate taxes rate even more. I mean, we st- we're still the highest corporate tax rate in the, in the world. You know, And if we reduce that, that allows me as a business owner to create more jobs, to be able to give bonuses, to give more vacation, uh, and then most importantly to grow uh, so it's important that we continue to reduce them taxes. I, you know, I hear it all the time: tax the, tax, tax the uh, the businesses. Well, we got to eliminate the taxes so we can eliminate the government bureaucracy behind it. You know, 
Uh, I go through a lot of uh, information. I pay a, a CPA so much, a lot of money every year to, to do my taxes because of the, the loopholes and the other other things within the tax within the tax law. To me, that's ridiculous. You know, and the other thing too, I I re- I continue to reduce regulations. You know, regulations on small businesses, so we can continue to grow. And I get it. We have to be very environmentally conscious at some point. But technology is driving that, right? Me as a business owner, I automatically give away free LED lights and free other stuff as part of you know my contribute to the environment. Uh, so we take care of that naturally. But you know, even if they put all the regulations in the world on us businesses, it's still not going to change the the way that we're going with the environment because we have China, we have India, we have them countries that are worse abusers than we are. We have to work with them better to make them comply and get to where we're at. Why should we uh, jeopardize our economy for this for this new green deal that will bankrupt us and bankrupt our businesses uh, when we we have an, an opportunity and challenge to challenge them other countries to come to bear? You know, so uh, so those are the two things: uh, reducing taxes even more, because uh, no matter what somebody says, as a business owner, I know reducing taxes puts more money in my plate to where I can uh, create more jobs and I can even grow and reducing regulations so I can streamline uh, my processes and not have to uh, be burdened down and create costs to my company to, to meet those regulations. Thank you so much. And your message about India and China being the largest producers around the world, probably of fossil fuels and pollution, it's ironic that the Congress people on the left or Democratic side you're right. I, I don't support the Green New Deal. Uh, I, I mean, we are doing far less uh, than other countries around the world as far as leaving a carbon footprint. I'm not saying that we should not work on reducing it, but to try to go into changing the fundamental way of how this country was founded on industry, uh, we need to look at different ways on how to cut the carbon footprint, but I don't think throwing all this money into the Green New Deal is going to help it, and I hope that people like yourself, when you get to Congress, will raise that issue that we should be putting pressure on the United Nations to talk to India, to talk to China, to lower that carbon footprint. We only have a few minutes. Go ahead, Des, go ahead. Yeah, and, and one thing I'll tell you is that new Green Deal, who was it put in there by someone called AOC, I think they call her? A bartender yes. that's probably never been out of the Bronx, doesn't really even know, <laughs> hasn't been around the world to, to see these things. You know, I, you know, I've been, you know, I, I'm very fortunate. You know, raised from nothing, being educated, um, MBA, bachelor's degree, associate's degree, Six Sigma, PMP. I've, I was a college professor at three universities. I've had the the, uh, the 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 I would say the opportunities that America has given me to be able to understand economics, understand from being in the military, traveling the world, seeing and experiencing these things, to understand you know what it takes to introduce a legislation versus just hey here's a you know Green New Deal that's going to cost us thirty two trillion dollars uh, and we ought to do it. I mean that's not the way to do it. You got to have experienced people in there understanding how to how the world works from the ground up and 
And, you know, it's a shame that we don't have more people like that in Congress. I'm trying to get there, you know, and uh, with God's help, I will. But, uh, you know, we need to get these career politicians out of there. We have to put term limits on them, uh, and we have to have ethical people in Congress. Uh, Des, unfortunately, we're out of time. Uh, Thank you so much again for your service to this country as a military veteran. Thank you so much again for your service, wanting to step up again and running for Congress to represent the American people to protect and save our way of life. Before we go, can you please share uh, with the American people how they can contact you, donate to your campaign, or if they would like to volunteer? Can you please share uh, information with our listeners? Yep. Yes, sir. They can go to www.desiforcongress.com. Uh, on the on my website is a link to the Facebook. Uh, it's at, uh, Facebook is at desiforcongress.com. Uh, they can donate there. Donate to my website. Any any little bit helps. Five bucks, ten bucks, twenty bucks. I appreciate it to all the American people. Uh, you can contact me through Facebook. Uh, I'm a 24/7 guy, so if you ever want to reach out by cell phone, send your cell phone or send your number, and I'll give you a call. We can talk and. And uh, move on from there. I, I, I try to help everybody out in the world. And uh, if anybody needs any help sometime, just give me a call. Thank you very much again. And God bless you and your family. And I will you the best of luck in your path with being a candidate for and, Congress. Thank you again. Thank you, Chauncey. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. For those that are tuning in, this is the Michael and Chauncey Show. I'm your host, Chauncey Brown. My co-host, Michael Bloomling Jr., is off tonight. He's a candidate uh, for Congress running in the 21st District in Florida. So I am here today to introduce our next guest, who is running for Congress out of Iowa District 4. Let's welcome to the show Steve Reeder. Hi, Steve. Chauncey, how you doing this evening? I'm doing great. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for wanting to step up and serve the American people. Uh, blessed to be on the show with you. Blessed to have an American patriot on the line with me that's fighting to protect and save our nation. So I'm thankful that I am here with you as well. I appreciate that. Happy to talk to you. Steve, uh for our listeners, just start off by giving a little bit of background about who you are and um, and how we got to become a candidate for U.S. Congress. Absolutely, Chauncey. I'm 59 years old. I am not have not been in politics. I'm the non-establishment candidate in this Republican primary. I've been in the real estate brokerage development and construction business for 35 years. And I'm a patriot. I love this country. And I just started to see this influx of socialism that was penetrating our Congress and our media. And I felt it was time to step up. Uh, I am in this race against a, an incumbent, uh, a, a Republican that has served our country very well. But it is time for some new leadership. It's time for uh, some new blood in our Congress. Um, I have been married for 31 years to a wonderful woman that supports this campaign. She's been a great 
asset on the campaign trail. I've raised two daughters, and I'm up here in northwest Iowa. I live in Arnold's Park, Iowa, which is in Dickinson County. We have a huge district here. It's 39 counties, Chauncey, and so it's, it's a lot of territory to cover. It's very rural, very agriculturally connected, and but the neat thing about it, We've got a gr- lot of great patriots, very conservatives up here. It's uh, voted uh, Republican and red most of the time. And it's just awesome when I'm out there on the campaign trail getting my message out. So that's a little bit about me. You know, uh, thank you. That's, that's awesome. Uh, as I said earlier, you know, thank you for coming on the show. Uh, I'm excited that me and Michael have had an opportunity to interview and have people like yourself on our show that are American patriots, that are not politicians, that just wants to serve the public good and the public will. I'm so proud of you, Desi, and our other guests that we've had on our show that want to step up to do what's right. Uh, We don't have politicians on our show. We have people that have a good will that want to serve the will of the people. So I want to note that. Thank you again, uh, Steve. Can you talk about some of the issues that you're faced with in Iowa, in your district, that you would like to tackle? Uh, And this is why you're running for Congress, as well as some of the national issues. Uh, Absolutely. So one of the main things I hear out there, Chauncey, on the campaign trail with most of the constituents in my district is the fact that they feel like the U.S. House of Representatives and the Senate is disconnected from the people on Main Street, small-town Iowa. They almost feel like it's a whole different world, that they just they feel like uh, those folks there are working for themselves, they're working for big corporations, they're working for special interests, and not working for the people here. Now, we've... Uh, we're like I mentioned, we're mostly rural area. We've got a few uh, medium-sized towns in our district, but what we've seen is that the small towns have lost a lot of population, and our the farms uh, have been getting larger. The large guys are doing okay, but the small to medium-sized farms are struggling, and we've got this our country. Our federal government is kind of, as you know, through the Farm Bill, has been subsidizing uh, commodity prices for our farmers, which is a, which is a good thing. However, what I've seen, it's it's all based on, you know, these world trading, and and we see big, large uh, uh, processors and trading companies making making good money, but the margins are very thin. It's extremely hard for our smaller to medium-sized farmers to survive or even uh, a new young farmer to break into the to get into the industry and so what what we need is is a farm bill that maybe is a little more evenly distributed for all and I'm I'm a believe me I'm a a smaller government guy I'm a capitalist and I, I believe that we need to limit our government but that current farm bill needs some work. And right now we've got the current 
legislators, the current House people and senators for Iowa have been pushing for, you know, uh, ethanol, and, and they've been, and I just feel that, you know, we need to work for, find some more profitability and diversity for our farmers. So that, that's one thing on ag. Um, another thing I'm hearing out there is we've got some real mental health issues going on. Uh, there are not proper facilities for folks. Uh, our, our small community hospitals uh, are not uh, equipped to handle the numerous uh, mental health issues, and that's something that we really need to address. I hear that quite frequently throughout the different counties. Um, let's see, what else? Uh, those are just a couple of the, the main things I'm hearing out there, Chauncey. Mental health is a critical issue in our nation right. today. Uh, if we don't deal with mental health, we can't deal with the opioid addiction. We can't deal with homelessness. We, the root cause is what we have to look at. And thank you for mentioning mental health because that is critical. Um, you know, and we have to look at that even mm -hmm. in our educational system, identifying if our children have mental issues. Are we offering services? Are we looking for those early signs of mental challenges or what have you in our school systems? It's unfortunate today, it seems like our public education system is teaching our children to the test, and they're not teaching our children, and I'm a former commissioner two terms in New Jersey of education, they're not teaching our kids critical thinking skills. They're not teaching our kids how do we compete in a global society. They're not teaching our kids civil responsibilities, statesmanship, civil, uh, civic duties. And then we wind up having a person like AOC who thinks that socialism is great. I think our educational system has to do a better job at educating our children before they get to higher education on the history of our country, what our country was founded on, the challenges we faced in the beginning of the development of this republic. And then I think people will have more of a grasp as they get older to protect our way of life. Well, Chauncey, you, you're exactly right. And that's been a focus of my campaign from the beginning. You know, we see all these, these things talked in the, you know, the national media, you know, about our, our budget and, you know, the impeachment and fighting with our president, who's trying to do a great job. And I think he is doing a great job. But, you know, my focus is on, and I say this every day out there, is on family and community and our education system. So I was very fortunate, Chauncey. I was blessed to be raised in a home where um, my mom and dad were devout Christians, and they taught me all those things about, you know, hard work and, and ethics and, you know, honesty and integrity. And, and then I, as I, grad, as I went through my early school years, I had I was surrounded by really good mentors with other family and neighbors, and then, and I've I, I've seen how that is such a core need for our youth, and and not to say that you know divorce happens and single there's single parents 
households out there, but we need to assist those. I've been uh, mentoring for many years, Chauncey, through a, a program back here in the Midwest called Teammates, and, and everybody's heard of Big Brothers, Big Sisters. Those are types of programs that we really have to champion to make sure that our youth has the proper mentoring to to be able to get through the, the whole education system and become responsible adults. And then regarding education, so um, it, it's that's a real priority for me. I have a daughter that's an educator. My wife's got family that are educators. And just like you like you were saying there, you know, we were talking about, you know, making sure we have, you know, critical thinking and civic duties and statesmanship. Those are all things that have been watered down and one of my goals when I get to Washington, Chauncey, is I want to get the, the power back in the hands of the parents and the school board. I want to Amen. get rid of the Department of Education. It has no business in our local schools. The, the power needs to be put back in the hands of the parents. And right now our federal government takes taxes from individuals they run it through the federal government, and then they try to distribute their educational ideals with mandates back to our states and our locals, and that's not the way it's supposed to be. And they've watered, you know, we're 28th in the world now in, in our education here in the United States, and we should be, you know, in the top three. And so I'm all for you know, getting, you know, civics back in the classroom and just, and I've talked to several teachers and they have told me that, you know, in those early developmental years, like second, third, fourth grade, they can tell when a, what a student, what capabilities they have and what skills they have. Not every kid is destined to go to a four-year school and I don't buy, I mean, a four-year college. I don't buy all this, you know, that, oh, you have to go to college. I mean, if a kid is talented with his hands, he's skilled with his hands, he's better, you know, as an electrician or a plumber or a welder or working in light manufacturing, the teachers know that early on. And we have to encourage those children and help guide them into a where they, where they become, they find a, a job that's fulfilling for them, whether it's, you know, a doctor, an attorney or you know, running their own welding business or their light manufacturing. We have to, and that belongs at those early developmental years, and I want to get the, hand, the power back into the hands of the, of the parents and the school boards and get the federal government out of our kids' education. I couldn't agree more. Uh, I'm a 60s kid like you are, if I may say that. <laughs> so. Right. Yeah. It sounds yeah. like uh, we had the same upbringing, except my dad was a former military guy. So I always say that I probably would have rather got into the military than went to college the way he treated me. <laughs> right, be right. Be be because of the discipline. But still, I grew up with patriotism, understanding civic responsibility, as we talked about. And mm -hmm. I'm sure my kids, like yours, understand that but that's because of the right. foundation that we received in our early years in the 60s um right we have to we have to refocus that and you're right mm -hmm. you know we should be teachers today unfortunately 
are not really being able to be teachers. They're, they're parents, they're babysitters. I mean, there's so many other titles uh, that teachers hold today where, and sometimes you have, the, especially in urban areas, you have the overcrowded classrooms, and it's tough to teach children. But I definitely think that the framework of the curriculum on the education mm-hmm. system should definitely be looked at where we're talking raising kids to be more moral Absolutely. Um, when, when I was in school, we had prayer and the Pledge of Allegiance. Of course, that was the late 70s. They removed it or early 70s. But when I first started right. going to school in the 60s, we had prayer and we had the Pledge of Allegiance. Those fundamental things that were founded in a part of our country's fabric should have never, ever been taken away because right. of some political expedience. Exactly. Yeah, this this whole this whole uh, ideal by the left that you know when they talk about separation of church and state, they have so misrepresented that, and it, it's so wrong. The separation of church and state was to protect our government from uh, disallowing religion, and and they the left just turned it on its head and said no religion in in any government sponsored when when you and i know it, it it was the foundation of our country you know the the uh the bible and god was in in the creation of our u.s constitution and to to to, re, to take that out of our schools and say it's it's uh it, it was wrong and uh i'm all for getting back to some of the basics and with you know civics in the classroom and there was a, I don't know if you remember, there was a famous actor by the name of Richard Dreyfus. I don't know if you sure. remember him from. Sure, well, sure. He's, he, he's, he's been a passionate person about getting civics back in the classroom. And in his retirement, he set up a, a program called the Dreyfus Institute about, you know, how our country's, you know, soul is being stolen and that we have to get civics back in there and, and teach uh, kids about what's made this country great. And, and uh, so he's been a real advocate for, you know, civics and, and uh, done it, you know, but he's, you know, fighting a battle. He's out there in California fighting a battle and it's, it's tough. It's tough for all of us. That's why it's important that we have this platform and that we have people like yourself, myself, have these conversations to raise the level of consciousness with the American people uh, as well as my kids do it too. Uh, it's important, you know, uh, and I'm glad that Donald Trump is pushing the envelope. It's unfortunate that the left wants to dub him a racist because he says America first. Well, I'm an African-American, right. I'm an African-American Jew, and I say America first. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. And I, you know, I, I applaud the president for standing up there and, and, pushing for, you know, vouchers and pushing for additional opportunities for kids. Our, our, the public school system has failed our children big time. And all, all you have to do is look at how, you know, a private school can educate a, a student for about half the cost of our public school. And, and so the only way to improve on that is, you know, by pushing for vouchers or some type of a, a credit 
for people that are paying, you know, four, five, six thousand dollars of their real estate taxes, they should be able to get a credit if they want to send their kid to a private school. That'll that'll force the public schools in a real quick to shape up and figure out how to how to be more efficient and how to teach their kids. Yeah, the left has derailed our educational system and we have to mm-hmm. take it back. Because if we can't save our children, we're not going to be able to save a nation. Right. <clears throat> so true. And, uh, so true. And I hope, and I'm glad to hear uh, that education, pro-life, constitution, those things are very important to me as well as you. And I'm so yeah. thankful that we have people. I think that we're going to see a big red wave in 2020. You know, right. we have a lot of people like yourself. Actually, most of the mm-hmm. people that Michael and I have interviewed are passionate about serving the public good and the public will. Uh, we don't have politicians on this show. Uh, we have people that have a good will that want to serve the American people and not big interests, not lobbying firms. And we have to change that dynamic. And we have to stick together to change the direction of our country if we want to save it. This long, also with getting Donald Trump reelected. Right, right, and I, you know, um, and I applaud, you know, folks like you and Michael and Desi and Buzz out in California. You know, these, mm-hmm. I'm a patriot, just and, and I'm great to be feel uh, appreciated to be included on in the team with these guys that are just real patriots and and Amen. They're not. I'm not looking for a career in this. I'm just. I'm putting my real estate on pause to go serve. I'm all for you know term limits. We we just got these folks that have made careers out of out of being in politics and and it's 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 got to come to an end. And so um, and you mentioned um, you know uh, I'm obviously pro-life. Um, and I, I applaud the president for standing up there for and and being one of the first presidents in years to, you know, say that he's uh, standing up there for the march of life and that he's pro-life and to protect the unborn and the innocent. And uh, we had an interesting development just recently here in Iowa, I'll bring you up to speed on Chauncey, is we had um, our state legislature passed a heartbeat bill here in Iowa. And so, you know, we have the legislators that were elected by the people of Iowa, to, and they passed this bill, went to the governor's desk. She signed it to go into effect, and then it was overturned shortly by a liberal judge here in Iowa, overturned the will of the people. And, and so now they, uh, we had an um, amendment put together and proposed to our state legislature, and it was just voted on, I believe, today or yesterday. And this amendment, it wasn't a, you know, of course the left wants to make it think it's an anti-abortion bill, but it wasn't. It was just an amendment to make sure that uh, abortion wasn't becoming a constitutional right. And so that actually got voted uh, in favor. So that, that went through the House, I believe it was either today or yesterday. And so we're, we're putting this amendment through so that uh, it would basically allow 
the this so that abortion is not a constitutional right under the Iowa Constitution. So we have to keep fighting for this. Uh, there's obviously a left that uh, is has got a whole other agenda that uh, thinks that uh, there are other priorities in the life of a child, and uh, we just have to stand firm against it. We do. We have to continue to fight against the underpinning of our democracy by the left. They are trying mm-hmm. to discredit the foundation of our Judeo-Christian heritage. I also want to note, thank you, Donald Trump, for the Freedom of Religion Act he passed or helped get signed a few weeks ago, restoring religious rights and freedoms. Right now, we're at a spiritual warfare, you know, and, and, and you know, evil is trying to prevail, and we need good people like yourself, Buzz, Des, Michael, and all the others around this country to stand up. Right. And that's why yeah. this movement of the 2020 Red Rave, I think, is going to be powerful this year. Steve, oh, we're almost out I, of... We're, go ahead, Okay. Steve. Well, I was, I, I was, I was just going to say, you know, this, this whole socialist agenda is just, it's real. And um, I was following a young man from Venezuela. His name is Franklin Camargo. And this guy uh, was outspoken student down in Venezuela, and then they chased him out of the country. And, and just, you know, he gives a firsthand account of how socialism destroyed his country. And uh, we – and. You know, they, they all these Democrats that have been running for president make it sound so rosy and, and glorious. But we know, we know that it's just a first step toward a communism. communism. We just we can't allow that. We cannot allow it and we will not allow it to infiltrate. You know, the part of the socialists and the left is their ignorance of the Constitution of the United States, of the Bill of right. Rights of the intent and meaning of what our founders' fathers wrote. That's why, as we talked about earlier, the educational system is critical. Because these people are walking around ignorant, talking about things that they have no knowledge of. I bet you AOC Mm -hmm. probably has never even been to a socialist country. Probably not. Okay. Right. Um, But unfortunately, we're out of time uh, okay. I can't thank you enough for coming on the show and standing up to serve the American people. Before we go, Steve, can you please share with the American people how they can donate, volunteer, reach out to you, or discuss any issues they may have with you? Absolutely. So my website Chauncey is readerforcongress.com, and that's R-E-E-D-E-R-F-O-R, Congress, readerforcongress.com. My daughter's done a great job of getting all my communication set up on social media, which is at Steve Reader Iowa. That's at Steve Reader Iowa. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and uh, I have a phone number, a campaign line, which is 712-382-382. 4107 and I just appreciate Chauncey you and Mike and you guys are great Americans God bless you and uh, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna win this one with Trump and the 117th is gonna be awesome because we're gonna 
fight for the American people and our rights and our U.S. Constitution, which I, I carry around that with me and hand them out daily, and uh, we have to work, work towards that. Amen. Thank you again, and I will you and your family well in your journey as we continue to seek justice and protection for all Americans. God bless you and your family, Steve. And thank you again. I hope you'll come back on our show again in the near future. Absolutely. Thank you, Chauncey. Have a great evening. God bless. You too. Take care. For those that are tuning in, this is the Michael and Chauncey Show. I'm Chauncey Brown, the host today. My co-host, Michael Blooming Jr., is running for Congress in the 21st District of Florida. He has been out campaigning for Florida and for the American people. We keep him in our prayers when he's out there fighting for us, as I do for Steve, Dez, Buzz, Lorraine, Angela, Joe. We can go on with a list of people that we've been so blessed to have on our show to share with the American people of real veterans and real community leaders that want to continue to serve their state and their country. We are so blessed to have this platform, Michael and I, to come here and bring to you and cut through the fake news media, to bring you issues that are impacting the quality of lives for people and bringing you solutions from the people firsthand who have been serving you or who want to serve you again. You can follow the Michael and Chauncey Show on Facebook, The Michael and Chauncey Show. You also can follow us on Twitter at Liberty Today USA. You also can follow Michael on Twitter uh, live with Michael Blooming Jr. He has his own show as well. Uh, you can follow me at uh, Right Talk Radio on Facebook, also at um, Right Talk Radio on Twitter. This is my conservative talk radio show, as well as if you'd like to follow me directly, Right Talk host on Twitter and Right Talk radio host on Facebook. I'd like to thank all of our listeners for joining us this evening, and I would like for you to follow us every Tuesday and Thursday from 7 to 8 to bring you real people, real issues, right and real talk right from the American people. Please join us next Tuesday at 7 o'clock for our next show of guests that want to represent you and the American people. Thank you all again for tuning in to the Michael and Chauncey Show. Michael and I always keep you, the American people, in our prayers and thankful for our listeners. And please, Michael and I do this voluntarily because we're American patriots. Please consider to donate to the Michael and Chauncey at Payatron so we can continue to be a voice for the American people. We can continue to spread our message and we can continue to get and provide quality candidates for you to hear from firsthand. Thank you again. And God bless you all. 
Thank you for tuning in to the Michael and Chauncey Show. Please follow us on Twitter at Liberty Today USA. You can also contribute to the show on Patreon. 